Thank you for that lovely, peaceful start to our service. And good morning, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. We gather here on this cold but sunny December morning, and by our very being together, I hope that we bring some warmth and some light to this day. The 29th of December, uh, an in-between sort of a date, if you ask me. Christmas has passed, New Year awaits us, and today our candles show a spectrum of colours, like us as individual people, with our own experiences and stories to tell of in life, our own particular version of that great human life story. Each of us with our strengths and our weaknesses, our failures and our triumphs, our hopes and our fears, all part of what it is to be alive. The path each of us takes through life is unique, for we ourselves are one-offs, unrepeatable, and yet we share so much. And my hope is that by gathering together in communities such as ours, by sharing our experiences of what it is to be human, then our path through life may be a little brighter, a little more clear, because of walking in companionship one with another. So let's take a moment now. Take a moment to think of our path, our individual path in life, and the week that has passed. For some, there have been simple pleasures, sweet moments perhaps when the Christmas narrative will have touched us quite deeply in some way. For others, if life is anything like it usually is, there will have been perhaps frustrations, disappointments, the sadness of life not being quite how we might wish it to be. So however your week has been, let's use this time that we share together as a time for reflection, for new insight perhaps, as I welcome you all this morning. world, I can't claim at this exact minute, but some 10,000 Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist congregations could be lighting a chalice such as ours to mark the start of their joining together. It's a symbol of a worldwide liberal religious community that cares about the equality of all people, though we may differ as our colours of the rainbow candles differ in so many ways, yet one light, I think, shines within us all. And so I light our chalice this morning as a symbol of our faith. By its light, may our vision be illumined. By its warmth, may our fellowship be encouraged. And by its flame, may our yearnings for peace, justice and the life of the Spirit be enkindled. This prayer has a particular um, launching point for me, and it's interesting that several people mentioned this issue of divisions 
uh, when we were lighting candles. I received an email in the middle of the week from um, a friend who's Jewish and who was deeply distressed that St. James's of Piccadilly have chosen to erect a very large wall in the front of their church to represent the wall that is separating Israel from, from Palestine. And um, it, it, was a, it was an extremely moving email that left me with unresolved issues about the unresolved issues in our world. She was saying that wall has saved lives, and of course another story is that that wall is causing terrible distress. Um, so this is a prayer for divisions. Divine Spirit of life and love, help us to overcome our fears about people who are different from us. Open our eyes so we may recognize something of God in all those we meet. Open our ears so we may hear other people's life stories and through hearing understand them better. Open our mouths so we may speak words of friendliness, kindness and support to strangers. Open our arms and hands so we can help to tear down the barriers of fear and misunderstanding that divide one group from another. Open our minds so we may think bigger, braver thoughts and go beyond our narrow prejudices and stereotypes. And open our hearts so love may flow through us, creating this world as one community that rejoices in people's diversity and encourages the inclusion of all. Amen. If you had a look at our uh, newsletter before coming here today, um, I said that there would be a reading by Richard Gilbert called Don't Just Do Something, Sit There, which has always pleased me because I used to have a relation who would say that if ever you stayed too long on the sofa. Go on, don't just sit there, do something. And um, but when I finally found this reading, it, it's interesting, it's actually called Don't Just Do Something, Stand There. And it's Richard Gilbert's response to springtime, which is a little way off yet, isn't it? But he's, he's reflecting on our need to be busy, to get on with things, to do this, to do that. And he's suggesting in springtime, but I think it could work very well for the end of December, stop for a while. In this holy season of spring, we take heart. The sun rises higher in the sky and the light increases. New energy flows in us and we plunge ourselves into new activity. It seems as if our spirits have hibernated and now burst within us as we seek the sun. For spring is newness and spring is life. It refreshes our spirit. It admonishes us to do more. But perhaps deep within us there is another message. Perhaps our frantic busyness might be called into question. Perhaps we will tap the deeper roots of the spirit. Don't just do something, it says. 
stand there. There is always time to do, to accomplish, to exert ourselves, to produce food for life. Don't just do something, stand there. Stand there and notice. Bend down, listen to the sound of the growing flowers. Hear the bird songs that awaken you in the bright morning air. Pause and smell the blossoms as they race to flowerdom. And most of all, sense the pulse of life. Feel the turning of the globe on its still axis as it spins to grace us with another season. Feel the earth as it bursts forth forth with new life with that tremulous pause before the leap into growth. Don't just do something. Stand there. Stand there and be. This is not count to ten, but count to twelve. It's a poem written by the Chilean writer Pablo Neruda, who was a poet, a diplomat, and a politician. His poetry often brings an alternative view of the world and of human relations. He affirms the possibility of life being different. In this poem, Let's Count to Twelve, he explores the idea that life might pause for a while, like children in a game standing still and silent. And Sarah's made a few copies of this poem if you want to read it yourselves later. But I've left them upstairs. It's one of those days. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be down after coffee. (laughs) Now we will count to twelve and we will all keep still. For once, on the face of the earth, let's not speak in any language. Let's stop for one second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment, without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales, and the man gathering salt would look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars, wars with gas, wars with fire, victory with no survivors, would put on clean clothes, and walk about with their brothers in the shade, doing nothing. What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what, I, what it is about. I want no truck with death. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving, and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves, and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us as when everything seems dead and later proves to be alive. Now I'll count up to twelve, and you keep quiet, and I will go. Every so often, um, something reminds me that I'm not normal. Do you ever get that feeling? About yourself, I mean, not, not about me. 
I was reminded of this when I was telling a friend about the theme for today's service, The Quiet Times, which I'd chosen because, for me, this time of year between Christmas and New Year often feels like a quiet time, when the world slows down for a bit and we get a chance to spend some time thinking about things. My friend laughed at what she saw as a distinctly romantic and unrealistic notion that life slows down for a while and pointed out just how much frenetic seeking for bargains would be going on on the nation's high streets as the post-Christmas sales are in full swing by now. I did look up but then promptly forgot how many billions of pounds were spent in this country on Friday alone, but it was something like £2.97 billion, which is a number that I can't imagine, really. But that's a lot of shopping, I think. And of course it's true, isn't it? There is a lot going on out there in the world. And yet I still think there is something special about this time of year. And it does not require close proximity to a cash till. This is as good a time as any, I think, to consider the value of quiet times in life. It's a message that the world's philosophical and religious systems have brought throughout the ages. Turn inwards. Withdraw from the outer world for a while. Reflect. Consider. Be still and quiet. Embrace aloneness as an opportunity. Could John Bunyan, the author of A Pilgrim's Progress, have had the 21st century Oxford Street shoppers in mind when he wrote that if we have not quiet in our minds, outward comfort will do no more for us than a golden slipper on a gouty foot? Very Bunyan-like description really, isn't it? Now, of course, for advanced spiritual students, it's possible, isn't it, to find stillness inner stillness and quiet wherever we are and whatever circumstances we find ourselves in even if that is a cue for a cash till this is how Taoist master Lao Tzu describes this possibility in the Tao Te Ching the inner is foundation of the outer the still is master of the restless the sage travels all day yet never leaves his inner treasure. One of the tasks on the spiritual path through life is to cultivate this inner treasure of quiet stillness. When we find ourselves, and um, you might want to see if any of these relate to you in your life this week, when we find ourselves impatient, irritated, restless, seeking distraction, anxious, whatever your particular version of this bit of the human story is, well, Lao Tzu would be there reminding us to turn inwards, to seek the quiet that lies beyond the turmoil of our humanness. But more often, of course, we do the opposite and we seek further distractions to remove or rather mask our discomforts. French philosopher Blaise Pascal wrote in the 17th century that distraction is the only thing that consoles us for our miseries, and yet it is itself the greatest of our miseries. Cheery chap, Pascal, clearly. Now, wouldn't he have been astounded by our many, mostly electronic ways that we have to distract ourselves now? And of course, there are times in life 
when to be distracted is a great gift. For to be quiet for too long and on one's own and against one's choice can be too much for most of us. And there are times in any human life when quietness or stillness are forced upon us. I think of people living with incapacitating illnesses or disabilities. People who are bereaved or who might be facing some of the large life changes brought through redundancy perhaps or retirement. People in prison or other forms of captivity. People awaiting a birth or a death. I think too of how the pace of life tends to slow down as we grow older, how aging bodies bring us stillness and quietness along with their pains more sometimes than we might wish for. So I wonder if certain times come to mind for you, times when you have been forced to be quiet and still. At such times, distractions can be a blessed relief. But beyond the distractions, other joys or insights may be found. So what might quiet times potentially bring us? Well, they can bring us a chance, a time to reflect. A chance to think, but not in that anxious round and round sort of a way, a deeper kind of thinking that allows thoughts just to emerge, to bubble up or filter through whatever image has meaning for you. Do you ever have that feeling that a thought has come from somewhere other than your own head? That still, small voice within, perhaps, that can give us a sense of connection with something greater than ourselves, to which we are inextricably linked. Yet when we are busy and distracted, that link can be hidden. Quiet times are needed for the inner voice to be heard. And quiet times give us chance to know and understand ourselves and the world a little better. Quiet times give us an opportunity to replenish our inner resources. Without quiet times, we may well start to feel very depleted by life. We sometimes can start to feel lost, as though we no longer have ourselves at the centre. Quiet times can help us to find ourselves once more. And quiet times can remind us of the limits of our powers... A favourite Taoist poem reminds us that spring comes and the grass grows by itself. That's echoed in those Richard uh, Gilbert words that we heard earlier on. When he reminded us that it's good sometimes to just be. Don't just do something. Stand there. Stand there and be. Now I used a quotation from Blaise Pascal. You might want to have a look at it. It's on the front of today's order of service where he claims that humanity's problems stem from an inability to sit quietly in a room alone. The actual quote states that all of humanity's problems stem from an inability to sit quietly in a room alone, and I wasn't so sure that I agreed with him on that one. I think plenty of human problems stem just as much from too much sitting around, from humanity's inability to recognise our own power to make this world a bit better for everyone if we did just manage to agree on what actions need to be taken. But there are times in every life when we're given a chance to slow down. So let's recognise such times when they come our way, whether we have invited them in or they've forced their way through our door. And let's accept 
the gifts of reflection and insight that they offer us. (coughs) Gifts that there is no point in queuing for in the sales, because even John Lewis don't stop them, and because they're priceless. These gifts of quietness and stillness. No one else can give them to us. It's up to us what we do with the time we're given. And I'm glad we all chose to spend this time together. Thanks for being here. Amen. Hans Margolius writes that only in quiet waters do things mirror themselves undistorted. Only in a quiet mind is adequate perception of the world. So may our week ahead bring us the quiet times that allow us to view the world aright. May our perceptions be cleared as a cloth might clean a steamy window so that we can glimpse the view. And through that clarity, may we experience a peace within that comes from accepting that which is and knowing the steps that we are next called to take. Amen. Go well and blessed be.